0: something you need to know about the mastermind in order to understand the overall concept and apply it to achieve success in all that you do. You must know that you can borrow other people's knowledge, achievements, life experiences, and even their personal resources in order to execute your own life goals. By adapting this one idea, you can achieve more in a short time than you could in a lifetime otherwise. We all know that you cannot get something for nothing. There is a price tag to everything, even your own success. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of In The Fray. Once again, I am your host, Matt Fralick. Alongside me, again, is the man, the myth, the legend, Damo Bradley. Damo, what's going on?
1: Hey fellas, how's it going? Just Sebastian Telfair of this podcast, Jonathan Bender of this podcast.
0: I'm, I'm ready to go. This is episode dos. Let's get it. Episode two of the hip-hop and rap culture. Damon and I breaking it down for you guys. A lot's happened since we actually recording last, Damon, on our first episode, which I apparently went very well. Uh, we had a great feedback, I would say, from a lot of people we had talked to. Some people that I didn't know were listening to the podcast hit me up. I know you were um, kind of controlling the trolls a little bit uh, from after our episode. I got torched. Torched. Torched for saying that Big Crit was niche. I'm really sorry, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Just calm down. Right. I, I guess, like them too. Yeah. Big Crit's not niche, apparently. like He's on the radio. You know, He gets to go to award shows. He's... He gets a lot of play, so I could see why that would be misconstrued from you know what you had said. Target commercials. Yeah, Target commercials. A lot of candy commercials. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah uh, he's huge. He, he, he performed massive. at the Grammys. That's right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, he was yep. at the Grammys. So the Grammys, like I said, we were sitting here watching them. I think as we ended the episode, my mom texted me about Logic being on performing his 1-800. Went and watched it. Pretty disappointed with the results of the Grammys. I thought there was two albums that were fantastic for hip hop and rap this year: Kendrick's album "Damn," Jay Z's "444." But lo and behold, Bruno Mars's album wins it. I understand it's not a hip hop or rap award show; it's the Grammys. It's supposed to be the most popular music. But what were your thoughts on the uh, outcome of the best album of the year?
1: Well, I don't really like. I didn't really even watch the Grammys. I don't care about it that much. I feel like Blue Ivy. When Beyonce was clapping, I was like, no, that's okay. This yeah. isn't really for us. This, no, that's okay. Nope, Oop, stop it. Please stop. <laughs> Devontae Harper's on the train with that, too. He's like Blue Ivy in it as well. But it was pretty cool for Bruno Mars to call out all those Atlanta rappers, Jeezy, Outkast, etc., to say that they should play at the Super Bowl halftime show next year, which is so unlikely. Maybe Outkast.
0: But they could do like uh, some sort of collab, which would be really, really neat. Yeah, no, that, I, when I saw that... Tweet by Bruno, I think it was on what, like Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. I, that blew me away. One, I don't know if he's like trying to support his other musicians that didn't get a lot of love at the Grammys, or two, if he's really just trying to put on the whole Atlanta rap scene, music scene, because that would be incredible. I have a strong, strong, strong idea that that's not going to happen just because of the way the NFL likes to frame their product for that to happen i think it'd be wild i think you're like you said outcast probably is one of the best chances i don't see like 2 chains doing anything i don't see like migos doing anything there's no way they're going to put those artists on the largest stage of their product and this is the halftime show it's just not going to happen
1: and the other thing about the strongest possibility being outcast i don't know if andre 3000 is still not doing the performing thing cuz a while back well and this has been probably 10 years ago yeah he had stage fright or whatever, like the anxiety thing. So it's pretty unlikely that any of that would happen. But it's still cool to see that Bruno Mars maybe tapped in. He's probably more tapped in than we see. Yeah, give him credit the for. Music. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, little not to go too far off, but Andre 3000 did have a GQ interview that came out like two months ago. I'd go back and read that. It's kind of interesting just to see how he perceives himself and Big Boy. Um, just talking about, he's always trying to be creative. He's had a lot of experiences happen. And Andre 3000 to me always seemed like just a super upbeat, positive dude, always working his ass off doing movies, doing features for people, doing his own music. He actually just put a new clothing line. I think that was kind of why he was in the GQ article, but go back and look at that. And it'll kind of give you a perspective, I think on where he is musically. And if you read that, I I don't think there's a shot in hell that the outcast would be doing the halftime show, but that's just my interpretation of it. So this week, a lot has happened, I guess. Not even this week, in the last 10 days since you guys heard our first episode. Um, Damon and I just listened to the new uh, Ray Schremer single off of their new project. It's called Teed Up. Damon, we actually didn't even talk about it. What did, what did you think of the, the single?
1: Predictable. Really thin chorus. Um, about right. But I did. I actually liked some of their stuff from their, their original Shrem Life. There was some cool stuff on there. Not those dudes really aren't for me. Uh, I know a couple people like they—they're gonna put out club bangers as usual. Just don't really listen to
0: them. Not yeah, for me. I mean, I—I I was pretty amped about No Flex Zone when it came out, and since then they put out some decent stuff, like you said in Shrem Life. But I—I I mean, this single I wasn't too impressed. There was like one or two bars in there that I was like, that doesn't even make sense. He said something about my dread's so big that it's given me hiccups. I'm like, I don't understand that maybe one i don't have dreads and two i don't really get hiccups that often so i'm not sure if i can relate to that lyric the next thing was i wanted to get out was obviously i'm a huge drake fan drake went and recorded a god's plan video at miami senior high school on monday he donated then twenty five thousand dollars to the school he also then donated fifty thousand dollars to a women's homeless shelter and then if you were lucky enough Somewhere along the line, he went to a local grocery store and bought everyone's groceries that was in there, which, how did he draw the line of what he was going to buy? Was it like a two-hour window people could be in there? Just really crazy, but showing love to Miami. You know, Drake always, he's from Toronto, lives in Toronto, but he's always showing love to Houston. He's always showing love to Miami and everywhere in between.
1: (laughs) Drake, I feel like none of those kids even knew who he was. Nobody was happy that he was at that high school. Not one person knew who he was.
0: Uh, well, I, that's incorrect. I mean, according to, <laughs> according to the, the clips I saw on, online, and people were just, I wonder if like, hey, uh, coming to second, <laughs> second hour algebra. Yeah, no, uh, we're going out to the, going out to the football field on the track. Well, for what? Well, this guy named Aubrey Graham's there. He wants to record a video with you guys. Uh, you didn't get permission tips, Slime. I think it's going to be okay. We're going to let it slide. Everyone's like, oh, Drake. Holy shit. Yeah, it was pretty awesome to see all those kids, pretty jazzy, and
1: then obviously did all the dono- donations. The grocery store thing was a little odd, still cool trying to do something. Yeah. What city was it? Was it just in, in, in Miami. Miami for sure.
0: Yeah, it was in Miami. That's
1: no burb or just no,
0: just Miami. That's what it said, and that's it's funny. I'm glad you mentioned that because when I looked it up, it's like, yeah, he recorded the music video at, at Miami Senior High. I'm like, uh oh, so that. Is like what 15,000 kids that go to that one high school? Like, there's it's got to be another. I'll have to go and look it up in my own time, but there has to be an actual like name of the high school. There's no way it's called Miami Senior High. Impossible, that'd be, that'd be cool though. Yeah, it's not like Ryan Ryan Rhinelander Senior High or <laughs> Stevens Point Area Senior High School. Spash,
1: yucky spash.
0: Did you listen to Amigo's culture too? Did you I get into did. It? did, I you did listen in? to Amigo's culture too a little bit more. It's good, there's Some songs in there that I think are like, okay, this is cool, like Bad Bitches Only, I like, Narcos is good. There's a couple of ones in there that I'm like, these could have been throwaways from Culture 1, these could have been throwaways, well, probably not from YRN, but just some leftovers. I went back and looked, actually, because I said there were 17 tracks in Culture 1, there's actually 13, so you were correct on that, so I have to admit that to you. What were your, what was your thoughts about Culture 2?
1: Well, who, did you know that they're having like a discussion about who the best rapper in Migos is? like is that, is that are people really questioning who the best rapper lyricist is in Migos? Who do you think it is? Uh none of them? Oh my god, come on. I man. don't know who's the best one. Takeoff. Oh, and Takeoff's people, the best. People oh. are saying Quavo, oh. I'm like, "Oh jeez, no. Takeoff is hands down the best rapper in there." But I like like it was okay. It's really really long. Like it's an investment to listen to this. And like you said, there's definitely some throwaways. It's 24 songs long. If <clears throat> they split it in half and called it YRN2, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, maybe, maybe. But Zero Direction, as again, playlist thing. I don't, I yes, don't know what to call yes, it. Just
0: getting getting our content out there, seeing what the people like. Not a lot of concepts behind it. Um, we'll dive into that a little bit later just as far as their production process, their creative process. Um, a couple other things I noticed this week. 2 Chains had an EP come out, kind of unexpected. I saw on Twitter... It would have been on Tuesday night uh, that he was going to be dropping that. He actually came out that today. Damon and I listened to like a track and a half before we started recording. Um, kind of what I would expect from Two Change as far as the introduction song. You really like the uh, the cover art though.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. There's nothing on it. There's not an ex- explicit content on it. There's not a name on it. There
0: are. Zebra it looks, as if, I, I don't it know looks as if like my fancy great aunt was trying to put up wallpaper in her kitchen and just had a really, really tough time getting the seams together.
1: Yeah, this is a unique album cover. Unless <laughs> what happens if you did like a four EPs? Yeah. And then the four album covers from the EPs made one whole album? That'd Let, be kind of dope. Well that's
0: just art. <laughs> you like it's, video games? It's art. That's art. Uh also. You said you don't listen to these guys. Audio Push has a album, playlist, whatever you want to call it, coming out tomorrow on Friday. So when you guys are probably listening to this, it'll already be out. Uh, called Cloud 909. The Octang and Price, they make up Audio Push. They have some incredible music they've put out in the past. A lot of free stuff, a lot of mixtapes. Um, I'm definitely going to be going on my way to listen to that. They, some of their production they have is, I think, stacks up against some of the heavy hitters in the game. Uh, but you're not a not an audio push guy. I never listen to audio push. I listened
1: to a couple of their singles. Okay. Is it just one rapper, one producer, or do they do? Octane the look- and
0: Price are. Oof, this is probably a really weak comparison, but I would describe them kind of like Outcast, which is like two guys that really have good lyricism and they just do their thing. So it's made up of two of them. I think some yes, they do some of their own production, some of their own engineering, whatever. But I think behind the scenes is a little bit more than just them, too.
1: That's interesting. Like, Run the Jewels, obviously, as a rapper, and then one producer. Yes, which same I, idea. I, I like that. They mm-hmm. they do a really nice job with that. Obviously, they always have a direction. From the songs that I've heard, I'm sure they're a body of art, so it's probably not fair to <clears throat> judge what they've put out mm-hmm. from the singles that I've heard. Yeah. I might dive in, just because you had mentioned it today, mm-hmm. so we can talk about it more mm-hmm. the next time through. Check it out. Give us some heat on Twitter. Let's, let's get the Twitter thing going. Yeah,
0: I want to see these... Twitter free, yeah. I want to see some Twitter fingers. I actually put up a post today asking which Kanye album was his best. I ended up getting a lot of feedback. A couple people were taking shots at each other. To be expected. I think I saw Muskie in there and uh, Rupert Snickerdoodle going at it a little bit. You got, the legend. You're, yeah, you're. I mean, you're gonna the get. Legend. You're gonna get this from money pop for bottom, right?
1: Well, Lenny said, from my understanding, that if he asked somebody who is there, if this artist for a specific artist.
0: What is their best album, and you can name it to them in an instant? They're not a good artist. Correct. And this was this was last Saturday, so I, you know, a couple of the guys are in town. They live in Madison now, and I, you know, I meet them out at a fine dining establishment. Um, apparently, they'd had a couple Miller High throughout the day. Proportionally, it wasn't, I guess, very fair because it was a split transaction. But that's besides the point. And Derek Rudabega decided that this was the case. Like you said, if you pick an artist and they clearly have one. Best project, which I think is an opinion. That artist is trash. Again, opinion. So kind of strange from you know Barnaby, but you know interesting debate. Got a lot, like I said, got a lot of interaction on Twitter. The first four responses, everyone had different answers, and then all of a sudden, our boy Scott Gates gets in there. Oh, they get in? Yeah, who, who is uh, he? Claims himself as a Kanye stan. So there's that little Eminem reference. But Scotty was blowing me up during work today. He literally sent me. 10 text messages in a row. I just had gray bubbles, gray bubbles. It was too much. And I told him like, hey, man, uh, why don't you, like, go a little bit on the Facebook page or the Twitter page and throw your nonsense out there and see if some of the trolls come after you. But just, it was one of those things. I listened to uh, My Dark Beautiful Twisted Fantasy uh, 1 through 13 earlier in the week, and it just hit me again how incredible Kanye was in that space, that creative space. So I figured I'd put that out there, and luckily enough, people uh, also were thinking the same thing or completely different than I was.
1: Scotty Kardashian in the building. Scott
0: Kardashian. <laughs> Can't Mr. stop him. Mr. Gates. Uh, so what were what were you listening to this week, Damon? What uh, were you on?
1: This week, like I told you, I, 03 Greedo, I had mentioned something to you before. Yep. I don't know if anybody's heard of him. I've heard like six songs from him. I've liked all six. Finally, downloaded Project. I didn't get to listening to it, but the album that I listened to the most was Dr. Octogonecologist. Okay. I don't know if anybody's ever heard that, but if you've heard of Cool Keith, okay. that's the same person. Okay. Really old album. My brother's buddy put me onto that. I like it a lot. Really odd. And then obviously Culture 2 got a lot of work. Action Bronson listening party was good. I mm-hmm. enjoyed that. Most of the stuff stayed on. I really liked Sob Stories. That was one of the. My favorite one, so if you're gonna start listening to action, that's your starter. Check out Dr. Octogonecologist.
0: You did you practice saying that word? Well, not necessarily, but I just feel like you that really flowed off the tongue. Well, I'm I'm pretty impressed.
1: I've listened to that album a lot, so I had to like read it. I'm like, I'm gonna be able to say this, I understand it, don't really understand it, I guess, but you know,
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. Before we were starting to listen to this or record tonight, Two Chains album, Two Chains, excuse me, EP came out. So, I had to dive in a little bit. EPs, how are we releasing those in this day and age? We had talked about that in our first episode. Are we going on Apple Music? Are we going on Spotify? Are we, I don't know, are we making a $5.99 EP to put it in, in stores on a hard copy? So, playing off that idea, well, it's actually it's on Apple Music and Spotify, but you, Damon, actually had done some research in the last couple weeks, I would say. Um, I guess the reason you started researching, because Nipsey Hustle, Threw out some tweets a while back um, talking about the breakdown and the pay through Tidal, through Apple Music, through Spotify, even some YouTube stream, I believe, was in there. What did you find out about the breakdown of streaming services?
1: Well, Nipsey Hustle had tweeted so, per million streams per these services, so on YouTube, you so if you got a million streams on YouTube, you get 690 bucks. Spotify, 4,370. Apple Music, Seven thousand three hundred and fifty, Amazon Music four thousand and twenty, and Title with twelve thousand five hundred bucks for a million streams. Mind you, Apple Music is, I think about six dollars more. Or excuse me, Tidal is about six dollars more than Apple Music, which is what I use, and YouTube coming in at six hundred ninety bucks. At first, you would think was bullshit, but mm-hmm. when you start to break it down, it isn't as bad as it seems. Okay i found an article on The Guardian, which I don't fully trust, but I just don't know enough about it. I know it's like an open source, like news place. What they had put together is fairly professional looking. The only problem is it's it's a little dated. It's from 2016, Okay, but I still think it makes sense. Yeah. So the reason that... I mean, title was still out then, so it's, I yep, feel like it's still a- relevant. Absolutely. There's a,
0: maybe some little tweaks. I know YouTube, we had talked about, has changed some of their monetization of things, but still relevant. Go ahead.
1: But they did like a breakdown of how many streams you would need to become considered minimum wage in the U.S. So an average amount of money, which would be one thousand two hundred sixty bucks. Sure. So for Google Play, it'd be one hundred seventy-two thousand. But to get onto back to YouTube, because that number is staggering. like yeah. Six hundred ninety bucks. It is
0: for a million streams or a million views.
1: Right. YouTube has one billion users. That was in two thousand sixteen.
0: That's a lot. That, is that a almost lot. seems. I actually think it was more. You would think more. it'd be more than a billion? Yeah, uh, maybe not. I guess a billion's quite a bit. That's an. Inc- I guess that's three times the United States. Yeah, that's that's quite a. That's bit. That's a lot of humans. That's a lot of humans.
1: But it's they still got some scary numbers in here. So if you if you stream a song or if you go and watch a video on YouTube, you're paying that artist. Oh my gosh, a, a thousandth of a cent. One thousandth of a cent. Okay.
0: Not good. That's bad. I don't. I don't. That's like. Uh, I wonder what that is in Bitcoin. Oh God! Here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Google Play.
1: Now they they. I don't think Google Play is even. No, they still they they're still they're still active. They actually pay a decent amount per stream, which would be, let's see, a tenth of a cent. Per, no, oh, a hundredth of a cent. A cent. So I'm it's sorry. ten times a
0: what a yes. Okay, got but it. But then again, they have uh, how many people? And that's per stream. What you're saying is right. I listen to one song on Apple Music. I listen to one song on Google Play, and that is you know one thousandth of a cent on Apple Music and one hundredth of a cent on Google Play. Correct. Got it. Google Play pays. Got and
1: it. I think that's changed. So if I
0: want. To get like a guy like Chance the Rapper, who I really support, or Jay Cole, some money, I need to listen to a song a hundred times or a thousand times to get them one penny. Chance is different. Chance Chance the Rapper is different. Chance is different. Okay, this is
1: another thing that I noticed when I was reading through this stuff is layers. So if you were to go purchase a hard copy of Chance's album for twelve bucks, yep. Do you know how much he makes? Twelve bucks. He makes twelve whole dollars. Whoa. And that I did
0: not expect that. I was going to say like half or like 40%.
1: So if you are a signed artist and you sell a hard copy album for 12 bucks, the artist gets $2.76.
0: Ooh,
1: zingers. Yeah. That's not good. No. I don't like that. Nope. We're we're in a struggle right now and that's a really good example of why Chance has chosen to do
0: his own thing. Right. Right, right, right. In addition to that, you were telling me something a couple days ago about an idea you were throwing around, or maybe you had heard something about some sort of service guys would do per month or per year. Give me the details on that from what you had told me. I think it was like two tracks a month, or where did this idea come from, I guess? So
1: Scotty and Nash used to play the game You Got Three Albums to Bring to an Island for Your Life.
0: Great game. Really fun game.
1: Really good game. I like it. But to keep on the streaming thing, I thought if an artist, you could choose your own artist, you pay five bucks a month, for obviously one single artist streaming service, so to say. So sixty bucks a year. Correct. Okay. You get two songs a month. New songs. New songs. Okay. One
0: project a year. One visual a year. So I have twenty-four singles, essentially, quote Correct. unquote. Mm-hmm. I have a full project, mm-hmm. and a visual. What can What is considered a visual?
1: A visual is left up to the artist, so it could be a music video, it could be something like what Frank put out, okay. it could be something like what Kanye put out, it okay. could be like Beyonce's Lemonade, okay. and that goes into, when you choose your artist, who do you trust? Because the other thing about the project that I put in here was the artist can use as many songs from what they had released in the prior year for the two, month, two songs a month mm-hmm. to go into the project. So this is a okay. trust thing between the user
0: and the artist. Sure, and if I was an artist, which I'm not, so I have 24 songs to put out in a year, what I think I would do is take the top five viewed or played songs and just put them on a new album instead of having 14 songs that have 19, and that just seems like a good way to do it to me. Hopefully guys wouldn't, guys or girls wouldn't take, like, hey, I'm going to put 15 songs out, oh, and they're 15 out of the 18 or 19 are songs already put out. That would suck, but okay. You got anybody in mind? Yeah, I do. I, that's why I said chance earlier. J Cole, someone like Drake. I, I love to support Drake, but I don't feel like he's. I don't want to give him money. Like, does does that make sense? I, like, someone. I think he's good on the money part. Yeah, I think really he's good good Like on someone the money like part. Big Crit, like we've mentioned a lot in the last two episodes. I would want to give him some of my money. Anyone local? I think anything in Wisconsin, anything in the Midwest that you want to support that I listen to, I'd want to do. Obviously, Chance would fall into that category, being from Chicago. I'm trying to think if there's any other people that I'd really want because off of that idea, Damon, they have to be able to put out, one, quality singles, two a month, a full body of work. And the other part is if I'm paying for some sort of artistic expression, be it a music video, some sort of webisode, some sort of short story, documentary, etc., they better have some crazy, crazy visual mind... Like Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon, I've seen Travis Scott had one, you said Lemonade, Kanye's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy short video, I I would say even I would throw Wiz Khalifa's like Day to Days in there, which I think is incredible that he's done that, so they gotta have some sort of background with doing that. I'm not just gonna go and give someone, you know, five bucks a month and all of a sudden, you know, three months in, I'm like, well, these songs suck, still haven't seen anything about their artistic ability other than creating music, is there anyone you would pick?
1: I guess I would like to see somebody, like an artist like, um, I think Freddie Gibbs is a good example, Okay. or even like a Schoolboy Q, because I'd like to see them push themselves to put out a visual. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever imagine what Freddie Gibbs would put together for a visual.
0: Right. Schoolboy, too. I don't know what Schoolboy Q would put out for a visual.
1: Or, I guess like a guy like, uh, I like Denzel Curry a lot. Oh, yeah. Visually, I'd like I, some of his music videos are a little shaky. I feel like the only thing I get from Denzel Curry visually is black
0: and white. Exactly.
1: Grayscale. So I'd like to see something from those guys. And then a guy that I would honestly choose would be Danny Brown. I think Danny Jeez. Brown would be one of the best fits for a service like this. He, I would get every cent worth, especially from the visual alone, as well as a really unique project and some of those old, older Danny Brown tracks that yeah. I feel like we've never heard. Because I think he's talked about that a lot. That he's held back quite a bit of music because he wants a good fit for albums, so on
0: and so forth. Sure. Another one that just came to my mind was uh, ASAP Mob. I would love to see some sort of like compilation of ASAP Mob, maybe like two people putting out a song each month. Visually, I mean, I've seen some incredible work by ASAP Rocky. His LSD video is gnarly. So that would be someone I'd want to support too with this idea. Now, I, I may have missed this, so I apologize. Where did you come up with this idea as far as the streaming sort of subscription service? You had said Scotty and Jordan Nash had the you know the, the idea of three albums on an island, but where did you come up with this full like subscription idea?
1: Well, to give 100% credit to Jordan and Scotty for talking about that, they used to do that all the time, but another thing that Jordan had mentioned to me before was an old-school hard copy service like you pay... I can't remember the ins and outs, but yeah. I kind of got that from what Jordan was saying. Like, you'd pay like fifteen bucks a month. You can choose a hard copy of sure. your liking, a digital download, yep. and then one vinyl something okay. like that.
0: So yeah. something like a, like a Game Shark almost, or like uh, the old school. Didn't it used to be like
1: like a loot box? Yeah, like loot exactly. Box where you get thing. like
0: a subscription, it comes in the mail or whatever. That's a that's actually a really really good idea.
1: Yeah, that's that boy Jordan Nash. So I kind of took those two things, put them together, and then came up with this. I thought it was kinda of cool. I'd like to see some responses on Twitter at in the fray. Hit them hard. Or
0: I, or at Damo Was Weird. Damo Was you Weird. Can do that that one too. scary I heard Scary Horowitz likes to interact scary with the with the Twitter forwards.
1: bots. I like the Twitter bots. I like the Twitter hatred. For sure. Who doesn't? Yeah, it took me a while, like I was trying to think of because I was gonna do five songs a month and that's almost That's a lot. That's, that's, holy shit. That's sixty too sweet. songs a month. That's too Sixty sweet.
0: songs a year. That's like four albums. That would be... A lot wow, of material. That's a lot. Shit. Like,
1: GooWop would be able to do that. Yeah. Currency would be able to do that. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, would, I mean, I would. it would be cool to see some responses. I, I'm sure there's some unique responses out there that we're not thinking of or thinking definitely, outside the box.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I'm going back here um, just to the Twitter today. put out the, the question about Kanye's best album. Which one is it? I want to give everyone their, you know, get their response out there. Muskie, Jake Lindberger said... My beautiful dark twisted fantasy, Rob and Derek all of a sudden you know got into some sort of tangent. My buddy Sam Davy, shout out to Philly, said college dropout, no questions asked. I thought Sam would either say college dropout or graduation. Scotty, the Kanye West stan, said Watch the Throne doesn't count as a Kanye album. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy was a backhanded apology. Yee doesn't even like that album, and <laughs> then he, and then he finally gets to his answer. Jesus is number one. Strange. Number two is 808s and Heartbreaks. Also strange. And then three, Life of Pablo. I can agree with that. Uh Phil Jagalo, the man your mama warned you about. Number one, he has 808 and Heartbreaks, so kind of agreeing with Scotty. And then 1A, he has graduation, which 808 and Heartbreak and graduation. Those are two very very different sounds from Kanye in two different spaces in his life. But I would agree with I would agree with graduation for sure. 808s is up there. I go back and listen to it once in a while. It's good, but I don't think it's in, in my top three for Kanye.
1: I think 808s was... I, I, I was pretty young when that album came out. Like, I was...
0: I was... I think it in 2009? Yeah, I was in college yet. Yeah, that was actually the first... That was the first album I downloaded at school on their network where I actually got an email. They were like, Hey, uh, idiot, don't download this because that's illegal. And Kanye must have had some people just on it, because when I pulled it from whatever website, that was the only thing I've ever gotten in trouble for in my entire life was that. And they're like, oh, just delete it. I'm like, okay, I deleted it. Oh, you can't use the internet access for four days in your dorm. I'm like, all right, I'll just go down the hall and get onto Wi-Fi or something like that. Got him! (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, 808s was better to me five years later,
1: so I got to put 808s at top, just because it was literally five, six years ahead of its time. You're
0: saying number one.
1: I love 808s. Wow. That Jeezy feature is too fucking hard, too. Oh, I love that Jeezy feature. Yeah, you love Jeezy. You love GZ. Jeezy's GZ, too good. Jeezy's pretty great. Last time I, um, so I was So, we are
0: in... Let's see, we're about a week and a half into February. What have you seen so far? Any new artists that you're seeing out there that you're trying to maybe start researching a little bit? I, for one, not to interrupt you on your response, Lil Skies is someone that I'm going out of my way to see. I saw uh, Cole Bennett with Lyrical Lemonade. I keep shouting him out. Um, had an interview with him that I haven't been able to watch yet. The five-minute clip I got when I did watch it was him talking about his influences, and he said Lil Wayne was a huge influence on him. The Carter Three, the Mob, the Carter Two. Right then he had my attention, but is there anyone that you're looking at right now that you're kind of going down a wormhole on?
1: Basically, O3 Greedo, because I feel like I've been hearing about this guy for like five years every song that i've heard of him i'm like this song's awesome i like it a lot so that's that's about it Lil guys is gonna be at the rave too
0: seriously
1: like i just saw that announced i don't know who he's gonna be with but yeah i'm pretty sure he's gonna be at the rave fairly soon
0: okay okay i might have to go check that out did i looked at the rave's lineup two months ago i was actually thinking about buying my brothers and i tickets to go to some sort of show but I didn't see anyone on that lineup. I'll have to go back and look at that to see when he's playing there. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind going to take the two-hour drive to go see him. That would, that would be pretty cool. I think.
1: Ferg and Denzel Curry are going to be there. Really? In May? Okay. I would go to that, but I'm going to Soundset instead. So that.
0: Are they both going to be at Soundset?
1: No, because Soundset no. is that following Monday. Oh. But
0: you but, couldn't, du- you couldn't
1: double up. I guess they could. They could. I don't know. You tell me. I mean, I would do some bad things to see Denzel Curry again. That guy was. Awesome in concert, incredible.
0: Yeah, a lot of energy, right? He's a maniac. That's just all you know. That's just all natural human energy. There's no substances nope. involved. No way, clean as a whistle. Yeah. <laughs> clean as a whistle. Uh, so other than that, you said Grito. Any projects that we're anticipating? I I keep hearing you know from the Drake. I keep hearing the idea of him putting out an album very very shortly. Are you worried if he releases another?
1: 18 to 25 song album, playlist, set of songs, workout thing, (laughs) download. Summer playlist
0: 2017? Yeah, yeah. What about it?
1: He's gotta come with a 15-track album.
0: Oh, yeah. Something like uh, If You're Reading This, It's Too Late. Don't even say that. If he came with something like that... Surprise me! That's what he did! Surprise me! He could! Why couldn't he? Like, what
1: happens if we listen to that Strem Life song? Or whatever the fuck the name of the album is going to be. Yeah, who knows? Sprem Life 3, right? Sharm Life 3, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Volume 3. Like, if we listen to that and they had, like, a harmonica on there or, like, a jazz guitar, I'd be like, whoa, maybe I'll listen. Okay. I might even give this a shot. But instead, they're like, alright, make sure the hook and chorus is really thin and dumb and don't use any of your good raps for this song. Everybody's going to love it.
0: So my roommate Trav, one of my roommates, we watched the Super Bowl together. We were talking about Culture too. We were going to get some food for the game, we are driving, I was listening to Culture 2, and he had listened to a little bit. He stopped mid-sentence when he was talking about what he's going to eat, what we're going to grab, and he's like, why do all of these songs, lyrically, are they just so vanilla? They're not trying to really rhyme anything that's over the top, they're not busting out their dictionary, they're not doing, you know, some Eminem wordplay. He's like, why is that? I'm like, well, to be honest... They're just trying to grab the average consumer. Like they're trying to have something where it's a super melodic beat, bump, bump 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 bump, and then they're rhyming like cat and hat and bitches and whatever else. Like they're just trying to do easy stuff to grab people and kind of. That's not really anything other than just. I guess I want your opinion on what you think of that, and it kind of goes into culture too, I guess, as a whole.
1: Well, you also gotta understand. Trav likes, he's a huge fan of Fab.
0: Yep, Trav loves Fab. That's true.
1: You can't compare his wordplay to anybody, so it's really hard to take a group like Migos, who really just make hits, Mm -hmm. and like I said before, pretty thin choruses and hooks, usually hot beats, and there's some catchy hooks and melodies, and that's what it is, and then they just made a 24-song album and dumped it out there.
0: Without right. any sort of
1: remote direction.
0: Yeah, there's an interview. I uh, when I'm driving with Trav, I told him this that uh, Jay Cole one time. They're asking about his creative process on I believe it was his third album. He said he was having a tough time coming up with good structuring for his verses, good structuring for the hooks. And he looked at Jay Z and he asked Jay Z, said, "Where did you find your you know Where did you find your lane after your first, second, third, fourth project?" And he said, "You're overcomplicating it." You are such a crazy and eccentric artist that you're trying to put in great stories. You're trying to put in like double meanings on words. And what he said is, honestly, don't do that. Make it super simplistic. Make it rap song 101. And just do some very, very generic beats. Do some very generic lyrics that are easy for people to understand and they don't have to go look up what people are saying because sometimes audio is tough to hear. But that was his advice that he gave J. Cole, and I think I've seen a couple projects from him since then that he kind of does that, but he's still the type of guy that's trying to get eccentric on certain things.
1: Which I I prefer the most raw J. Cole, which I'm, I'm sure everybody does. I say that because he's a storyteller. I don't need him to entendre me to death. Yeah, I don't need him to do double, triple meanings on back-ended choruses like wait he doesn't have to layer his songs for me mm-hmm. I want to hear a good story understand mm-hmm. what he's saying put it together super solid like I I liked all all eyes on me or all eyes for me all yes. eyes I can't for remember. my eyes only for my eyes only yep. I like that album it was really clean it was like this album sucks it's garbage I'm like what like he's a storyteller let, let him do his
0: thing and I thought he executed brilliantly I did too I did too so we're looking at two different sides of the rap game right we're looking at culture 2 we're trying to get it out on the radio, but still kind of have that street cred. Then we're looking on the other side of someone like J. Cole, who doesn't give a fuck about getting on the radio, sticks to his Dreamville records. Looking at their creative processes, what do you think the creative process is from someone like Migos, someone like a Lil Uzi Vert, someone like a... Lil Zan, Smoke Perp, whoever whoever it is, someone that's coming up in the game in the last you know couple of years compared to someone like a Kendrick Lamar, someone like a J. Cole, someone like a Kanye, someone like a Jay-Z who I had mentioned. I know we had a little bit of a conversation about this earlier in the week, but I kind of want you to go off on this. You said you had looked at Culture 2 and their production and everything. G- give me your thoughts on that. Really quick, sorry for screwing J. Cole's album name up. I know I'm going to get heat about that. Heat from who? Fuck I, all y'all. I haven't I haven't seen any heat <clears throat> on the internet, so I'm, I don't know. Who, I'm gonna what,
1: call I'm gonna call J. Cole's album All Eyes on Me. I like that better anyway. Didn't somebody else have like an album called that or something? I don't
0: know. Donald Glover just called himself the new Tupac I had saw, so.
1: Hey, not a bad fit. Acts, raps. I didn't see Tupac standing up in front of a stage telling funny jokes. Maybe Tupac
0: wanted to be Donald Glover. Maybe subconsciously yeah okay anyways go with your culture 2 stuff
1: (laughs) yeah so when it comes to culture 2 i noticed right away 24 songs i listened to it about twice through and the first thing i noticed i'm like what what did i just like is this all one album and obviously it's one through 24 i'm like Mm -hmm. that is one album it's not like a double disc or anything goofy like that i looked up how many producers were involved in making the songs there's 31 producers on this album on
0: 24 songs
1: Okay. That is so much. This almost reminds me of a time in the early 2000s when everybody wanted to be a little scrappy, a young jock. Uh-huh. No direction. Yep. Zero direction, mm-hmm. multiple producers, and there's like a group of cultists out there that say that Illmatic ruined hip hop and this is why because on Nas's Illmatic, there's five producers on 10 songs. But they're missing a lot of points with that because when Nas made Almatic, mm-hmm. he knew what he had to put out. He had an idea, he had a perception, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. So when five producers come on, he explains to them what he wants to hear, and that's how we get one of the best albums of all time.
0: Right. And I think proportionally, five to ten isn't as bad as, you know, thirty one to twenty four. Is there anyone else I, I, obviously, Nas' album, Ilmatic came out a long time ago. Is there anyone else you would kind of compare to their creative process to, to that as far as structuring, you said, setting up that idea?
1: Well, as I went through some of my favorite albums, I noticed that there was... So, for instance, Crit's album, 22 songs, 8 producers. Big Crit had about 31 instru- instruments credited
0: on his album. See, which, I didn't know... I didn't know people did that. I didn't know you had to do that.
1: Well, I think people are literally playing the instruments because it was a name, and instrument, that's track awesome. number. That's name, awesome. Name, instrument, track number, that's, which is really cool. That's really cool. The Carter from 2004, 19 songs, 3 producers. Country Grammar from 2015, songs, 3 producers. Mm-hmm. This one worried me. Good Kid, Mad City. I think there was like 11 producers on, I think it was 13 total songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why did that album work so well? And I went and read about... You were just down a wormhole. Oh, it was a... How many tabs did you have open? uh, I was a 22-plus Tyler Gremban tab guy. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know he had to download a tab app to manage his tabs? Biggie? He can't let go. Think if he got a tattoo. He'd have to have a tab for that tattoo for something else.
0: That's a lot. you don't get a
1: tattoo, man. Yeah, don't get one. Doctor. But I looked at Kendrick Lamar's album, 15 producers on like 12 songs. I'm like, why did this work so well? Mm -hmm. And I went and looked up Kendrick's process when making this album. He had the idea in his head Mm -hmm. way before there was ever a song made. Mm -hmm. He had the cover art chosen way before there was ever even one single lyric laid. And that's why you need to have some sort of concept, an exclusive producer, or for instance, why Culture One worked, because that also had an enormous amount of producers, a semi-unique product, Mm -hmm.
0: A little bit of a backbone to it. Right. Not absolutely, a lot.
1: Absolutely. They were ready to put their their monster out, and that's what it was, for a commercial E-type album. Mm-hmm. That's why Culture 1 worked. Culture 2 is not going to work for me. It's probably going to be okay. It'll get a couple plays. What do you think about that? People saying Nazrun hip-hop?
0: I don't... Whatever. That's some sort of conspiracy stuff. I kind of pull into that once in a while, because I'm like that with anything, conspiracy-wise. Like... To get other people's opinions and see how they connect different dots, but I don't think Illmatic ruined hip hop. That's that's I don't even understand that argument honestly. For if and if the argument is because he had five producers on ten songs, that's like okay. Like so up until then, everyone was having like one or two producers that were in house on their albums. Seriously, well, if I don't get it. it, I don't get it.
1: Think about Wu Tang; they had nine guys, but they always had RZA. Okay. Tribe Called Quest always had a producer. Okay. There's always duos. Yeah. That's why that shit worked. And then he comes out with this in the early '90s, and they're like, "Whoa, we gotta have multiple producers."
0: Yeah. All right. I could. I mean, there's I see something that I don't, there, but sure, but not thin. ruining hip hop. So hip hop's been ruined since Illmatic. False. Come and goes. Come and goes. There's a really good debate. This could go on for hours, but it's almost like you can. We we're talking about categorizing different artists on our last episode. It's almost like you could categorize artists from the way they go about their structuring of their album or their concept. Like, is this artist a conceptual artist? I.E. J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar. Is this artist a playlist artist? Migos, Little Uzi. I almost see you could get that debate going on, you know, either side of it. You could. It's like a black and white thing almost in my eyes.
1: I'm trying to think of somebody who would fall right in the middle and on, I, I think Uzi does have some direction on his stuff.
0: Okay. So I'm trying so to think of...
1: So could you say like a guy who has a really well-developed sound and like still can rap a little bit like Travis Scott? Is he somewhere
0: in between for somebody? Yeah, because he's kind of odd. He's a little off the ball on certain things he does. He's pretty dark human. So that would kind of fall into the just I guess, odd category but then he also has some really great structuring with his with his music I think he obviously comes up with these crazy off the wall ideas he obviously works his ass off producing his own music and getting people in the studio so you have to give him credit that way I would think Travis Scott would fall into that category that kind of is in the middle running that fine line.
1: The cool kids also do a good job because obviously Chuck English does a lot of the producing for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sir Michael Rocks is just a goofball. He's super goofy. So they have some direction, but also they got some stuff that I'm like, I don't... Was this supposed to be on here? Did I skip a song? What what happened (laughs)
0: here? Yeah, I think uh, anytime you're able to... You dive into interests of yourself, whether that be music sports, art, playing an instrument, you're always gonna find these subcultures. You're always gonna find these this next step of information that you're trying to digest. And that's really, I would say, where I know you are at when it comes to music and hip hop. I feel like sometimes I get into those wormholes, opening multiple tabs, multiple windows, control tab, going through different, it's just incredible and i'll do that with sports i'll do that i'll go look up like so when this guy was drafted who was that player that he was going to replace but who went earlier in the draft and then all of a sudden i'm looking up combine wonderlick scores from 1992 so it just you you get so involved with the first layer of an idea an interest and then you dig down 6 feet and then you're channeling to the core of it and you're coming up with all these new different ideas and it's basically just i guess how you are able to decipher the information and kind of just categorize it for yourself and come up with your own ideas so you're able to explain it to people.
1: When I started to go down the production direction wormhole, one thing that I learned that I, I, I wasn't aware of is the first song that Nas was ever recorded on Yes, was on a group. It was just a feature on a group called The Main Source. Okay. Main Source broke up, and Nas wanted to have... Old heads are gonna murder me for this because I cannot remember the name of the producer. Okay, wanted him to exclusive produce Ilmatic, and he said I can't do it. I think he was sick, so, or somebody got sick, and the album, like, the group like broke up.
0: Sick, sick, like like dying. Not, sick. Yes, correct. Okay,
1: and he's like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm I'm too hurt about the group being broke up, and that's why it led to becoming five producers. Okay, but DJ Premier, I think did quite a bit on there. But as again, there's still. Five producers. So that just led me to, like, I learned something new.
0: For sure. So I'm looking up real quick. Main source. Yeah. I have, oh, don't look at my phone. Okay. Is a Large Professor, KCUT, Mikey D, or Sir Scratch? I think it was Large Professor. Large Professor is the guy. He's the only one that actually has a link on Wikipedia, so that would make sense. Yep. So, Damon, we broke down everything that we've seen the last five weeks. We... We're able to, I guess, listen to anything new. We got a lot of great feedback from our first episode. I was shocked by it. I think you were too. I know there's a couple times during work during the week where you were a little distracted and I wasn't sure what you were doing, but it was because you had a group message going off with 10 different people just razzing us about logic, big crit. The beauty of it is that's our opinions. We have no other ones, no other person's agenda to go off of other than our own experiences, what we're digesting, and then we take everyone else's opinion kind of, sift through it and see if there's like, ah, maybe we agree with that a little bit, but I hope we can get the same amount of feedback on this episode as we did on our first one. Is there anything you want to throw out there to the Twitterverse, the anchor people, the Facebook guys, anyone listening to us?
1: Can we do a follower topic discussion?
0: We absolutely should do a follower Followers topic discussion. choose
1: the topic. We do what we can with it and try to go somewhere from there. Dirty demo with no features. Get some topics going on Twitter.
0: Get us up, Dame guys. Dirty demo with no features. So this is what we'll do. This episode will be coming out on Friday, which I guess you'll be listening to today. I want to hear some feedback from everyone. Get a hold of Damon and I, either whatever way you want to do that. Preferably go onto the Facebook page, the Twitter account uh, in the fray, or find both of our personal Twitter accounts or Facebook. And then once we get a little feedback from everyone, I'm going to put out a post on a couple different channels, a couple different accounts and I want to see what people want to hear on our next episode. Like I said, we're digesting through everything from this past couple weeks, early, early 2018, but we want to hear what you guys want us to talk about. Do you want us to talk about something like Illmatic? Do you want us to talk about structuring of sound? Do you want us to go dive down a wormhole? Because obviously we enjoy doing that on some sort of artist or project. Let us know. Like, subscribe, comment, share, throw shade at Damon, throw pebbles at me. Once again, I am Matt Fralick. I am Scary Horowitz. A.K.A. Damo Bradley. You were just in the fray.